What's going on, guys? It's Mike Cerrone from the DC Crossover Podcast. Ben and I have been producing audio content since our teenage years. But now, don't we wish we had the tools you guys have to create and distribute your own content? Let me quickly tell you about our new sponsor, Anchor. Now, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's definitely something I love using. One reason, because it's free, people, F-R-E-E. As most of you may know, free is one of my favorite words, so don't get that mixed up. So no charge to start up with Anchor. Now let's talk about how easy it is to use. With Anchor, there are creation tools that allow you guys to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super simple and super accessible from anywhere. Now that you recorded, how do you distribute to the streaming apps? Anchor does it for you, folks. Whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or more, they got you. Using Anchor, you can actually make money from your podcast. Straight hard cash, homie. Whether you have a handful of friends, family, or group that wants to hear your content, there is no minimum listenership. It's everything you would ever need to make a podcast in one simple place. Want to get started? Here's what you guys need to do. Download the free Anchor app on your phone or go to anchor.fm to get your podcast started today. Now back to our nation's capital with Sarone and Simpson. It's a clown question, bro. And they're not even called Reese's Pieces. They're called Reese's Pieces. Reese's Pieces. They're pieces of Reese's. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm not a, I'm not a kid. Write something about me. Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. We're talking about practice, man. We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. We ain't talking about the game. We're talking about practice, man. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. Hello? You play to win the game. Hello and welcome to the DC Crossover right here on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Google Play Music. This is the DC Crossover where we cross over all four major sports teams in the DC market. I am Mike Cerrone. Alongside me is the one and only Ben Simpson. Ben, you're finally back in person, man. You had a a long month of traveling and uh, running and uh, different things like that. So uh, good to have you back in person, man. Yeah, it's always nice when we get a chance to do the, the show here from the Wonderful abode, the Casa de Cerrone, yep. um, with uh, no, I don't see any dog poop on the floor for now, so we're in the clear. Yep. Uh, we got a pizza on the way, no so there's, there's a lot of fun things happening here in Leesburg, Virginia. Yeah, I liked it when they called this apartment Leesburg, Virginia. The problem is when people put down the address, uh, technically it's like Lansdowne. Uh, yeah. But then they say, oh, where's well, in Leesburg? And I was like, Leesburg's like 10 minutes that way. But at the same time, it's funny when people try to send us mail sometimes or they ask for our address. I don't know what to tell them. So I just tell them Leesburg because I want to be proper about it or something like sure, that. Sure, sure. And then if, they, then if you say you live in Lansdowne, then all of a sudden everyone says, geez, this guy lives in a mansion or something. <laughs> and then I say, no, no, it's, it's like a closet. Um, <laughs> yeah, when I was trying to do the your address earlier in my phone, I was like, I'm pretty sure it's Leesburg, but I wasn't sure if it was Lansdowne. It was a lot of confusion, but yeah. I made it here. I survived. Um, I'm, I'm making sure my car doesn't get towed <laughs> out there. You, you told me there's a certain time window that they, they tend to tow, so I think I'll be in the clear for well, now. Well, here's the thing. that We have, at this apartment complex, we have this kind of weird thing where you have to have these stickers, and you have 
three different colored stickers. One is like for the garages. The other one's for carports. The other one's for just general parking. Like it's like it's like the rainbow outside. Like basically, if you don't have this type of type of color, then they tow you. Yeah, I saw the orange sticker out there. I decided to just pull out the sticker book. I got it uh, (laughs) Office Depot. Put a smiley face on the on the dashboard, and then I put the little like knife symbol to make sure. Hey, look! If you tow this car, you know what's (laughs) going to be happening next. It's Halloween. Um, (laughs) Okay, Michael Myers. But uh, yeah, this is going to be, and it's interesting to see, it's going to be interesting to see your first Halloween here. Yeah, in in this abode to see what kind of uh, trick or treater action you get here. Yeah, also the sole fact when you're looking at this apartment complex, it's, they have a lot of s- rules and stipulations and everything like that. I mean, we have this thing called valet trash. You ever heard of that? Did you have that? At yeah, the, we had it at the, old, yeah. the the other apartment. It's really not fancy. It sounds fancy yeah. they, when they say valet Val- trash. Valet trash. Yeah, that makes it sound like it's something that's really fancy. It's really just a guy will come around and throw your garbage well, over the balcony. He does that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then <laughs> and then he'll put them, pile it all in the back of like a pickup truck and he drives around it. Yep. Now, granted, you know, that's it's nice. It's kind of convenient. It's kind of convenient, but at the same time, there's very specific rules with the valet trash. Yeah. You can't just put the trash bag outside your door. Yep. You have to put it in the trash. In the valet trash can. Exactly. And if you <laughs> if you if you leave the trash just as the trash, they, uh, they like pick as it the bag, they won't pick it up. <laughs> it, the same thing happened in my apartment as well. Um, and yeah, it, there's very there's a lot of weird rules. Where at the same time, if I, I'd be happy to just throw the trash over the balcony. Yeah. And I mean, I can do that as well. And then the funny thing is about that trash can is they keep saying that. Uh, or number one, I should say, is the person across the hall. I don't know. Like they keep saying that. Oh, you're in violation of your lease if you do this. Like basically, if you leave your trash can out there all the time, like you never yeah. bring it in, which I do. Um, I used to bring it in, but then I, then they started doing construction uh, on our building. They got all dusty and stuff like that, and I'm like, I don't want to touch that. Um, <laughs> but really, uh, I, I've kept it out there for so long. But they keep saying like on our like little Camden uh, like uh, yeah. app thing, they keep saying. Um, that you're in violation of your lease if you do this or if you do that, you know. And the people across the hall, they basically have had their own trash can. Yeah. Uh, they've had four bags that they left out there, like they're cleaning out of an apartment, apparently. Uh, and uh, basically, they've been in violation of their lease for the last three months. And they've so been fine. They've been fine. I haven't well, seen as far as you know, they may be dead. <laughs> <laughs> I did see a moving truck out there yesterday. You, you have no idea, to be honest. Yeah, and that's the funny thing is just I don't I don't get it. Like the Valley Trust is nice, but thirty bucks a month. I mean, I literally it's re- not worth. It's a scam. <laughs> yeah, it's a scam. It's not thir- It's not worth thirty dollars. Uh, save thirty dollars and walk it to the trash Seriously, can. It's thirty dollars a month for each apartment, though. That that's just crazy, though. Think it's about how racket. many apartments are in this complex. It's a racket. By the way, folks, this is. A sports podcast. All right. Yep, here it is. <laughs> I, was just, I was just thinking. I was like, man, they're, they're probably like, okay, this is cool. I guess <laughs> I'm dealing with the same uh, s, but at the same time, you know, it's uh, DC crossover. <laughs> yeah, this is the DC crossover once again, everybody, right here with Saron and Simpson on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play Music. Once again, we cross over all uh, the streams of the sports world here in the DC area with the Caps, the Wiz, the Redskins, and also the Nationals, mainly when they are in C. And so uh, right now we're going to get into the show here, Ben, after our uh, pregame banter right there, which we could talk all day about. Um, But at the same time, uh, the Redskins came away with the W, which is uh, definitely something that you got to look forward to for the rest of the season here, Ben, as we get the music going here. Hail to the Redskins once again, 20 to 13 over the one and seven New York Giants. So. Ben, let's talk about this real quick. Get sure. some of our immediate reactions as the Skins move to 5-2. and two. Yeah, this is one of those games where 
you did not expect this one to take as much work as it did. Yep. You kind of look coming in. I mean, you look at the record with New York. You know about the, the issues they've had, the up-and-down season for Odell, uh, Eli, the, the, the cries for Eli to be uh, finally put to pasture, if you will, yep. um, and get some other quarterback help in there. Um, but, you know, the, the Redskins were able to grind out a victory on a day where they really didn't have their best. Um, and that was the big thing besides kind of early in the game and getting uh, the touchdown in the first quarter, second quarter, nothing, third quarter. You had you were able to grab a field goal there, but that was about it. And then they were able to really close things out. And, and that was uh, but Mike and this was an ugly game. I mean, oh. this was really an ugly game. Pretty I mean, watching this game, you're going, man, when are the Redskins going to just start dominating? And they just didn't. And, yep. and uh, they were able to, a couple big key plays late in the ball game, get some of the win. But this was one of those grinding out wins, and there's going to be games like this throughout a season, and this was one of them for sure. Not an easy game. Yeah, no doubt about it. When you're looking at the Redskins' uh, whole entire game picture, uh, they were mainly trying to run it with Adrian Peterson. But, you know, they fed him the rock 26 times, which multiple times over the past I don't even know how many how many weeks now we've been doing this, but I think this is episode eight. Uh, but literally, for the past two months, we've been saying, don't give him the rock 25 to 30 times. He's, he's an older guy. Uh, we don't know if he can hold up. And 26 carries for 149 yards. Obviously, he had that big, a 64-yard run. Um, but really, when you're looking before that run, he was... He was on average about 3.5 yards a carry, which is kind of the average around the NFL for the most part. Um, but for the season so far, he really uh, has done a tremendous job every single time he gets the rock. And you saw it, Ben, after that uh, fumble that he had late in the game uh, that really kind of almost screwed us up. He ended up coming back, and I saw him run harder than he's ever run in the season so far. I mean, he just went out there and said, screw this. I'm going to do whatever I can uh, to get get us back in this ball game and, and get us this lead. And, of course, obviously, uh, that big run that was set up by Chase Ruye and also uh, Brandon Sheriff on the outside, on, on the, uh, obviously, Ruye uh, pulling uh, from the left guard spot. And then you also uh, saw uh, Sheriff uh, pulling as well. Uh, you saw them seal off the edge. He had that big run. I mean, he did show his age in that run, though, because I don't know if you saw it yeah. uh, on that angle from the secondary. I mean, he was, like, huffing and puffing. You could just tell oh, yeah. he, he was hurt. He was pretty <laughs> – he's been pretty banged up. He's one of those yeah. guys that uh, on the injury report, like I know last week leading into the Dallas game, he was questionable to play because he was – you know, all these things were hurting on his end, and then I'm sure kind of a similar deal heading into this week. He's going to be a week-by-week type guy where he, something is going to be hurting on his body, but – Part of the reason why he's such an athletic freak is his ability to be able to still be able to go out there and, and have a high-performance game. And one of the stats that kind of um, they pointed out on the broadcast and that I made note of as well is in the two losses that the Redskins have had, those were two games that Adrian Peterson had maybe you know, 10, 15, 20 rushing yards on the game. And in all of the Redskins' wins, he was around that 100-yard mark that we were talking about. Uh, in a season preview about, hey, can AP get to 1,000 rushing yards? Yep. Um, and I think it, uh, all signs are pointing to, yeah, on, the, on these I wins. I said 1,100. On these wins, you know, that, that's what he's doing. He's getting 90, 100 yards. I mean, yeah, he had a big, big game today with yeah. almost 150, which is not, you know, not really common for him. I'd say it was helped out by that one huge rush, which he's not usually a 50, 60-yard yeah. rush type guy, especially at his age. He's the guy that's going to get you, as you talked about, some of the average yards, you know, five, six, seven yards a carry, maybe bust out a 12, 13 every now and then. But AP, man, that guy is unbelievable. Yeah, no doubt about it when you're looking 
uh, at this whole entire box score as a whole. Uh, once again, they've won the turnover battle yet again, which we haven't seen that in the past from your guy, Kirk Cousins, uh, the old Sparty. Um, <laughs> but really, and I'm not going to say it's a knock on Kirk Cousins. He does throw a lot of picks, and sometimes he is a little too much of a gunslinger-type Brett Favre thrower. But, I mean, honestly, right now, when you're looking at Alex Smith, let's go into the Alex Smith discussion as sure. well. He had a terrible game. And, I mean, it just makes no sense to me how he's having these type of games. I mean, the second game, uh, in a row, I, it might be the third game in a row that he's had under 200 yards. And they were saying it on local radio uh, the other day here in D.C. that it's not that difficult in today's age to get at least 200, 250 yards passing. I mean, a 250-yard passing game is like average in the NFL now. I mean, you look at it, and it, it's just kind of un, unbelievable that you see him complete 20 passes, and he's under way under 10 yards per completion. And that's the one thing that – and I understand that they have injuries and whatnot, and Chris Thompson uh, went out for a brief second there and whatnot. But it's just, you know, you have weapons. You just got to start utilizing yeah, they have them. injuries. They've got Doxson. They've got Reed. They've got yeah. Richardson. They've got Davis. They've got Mo Harris. You've got, you know, plenty of weapons at this point, Mike. And I, I don't know what's going on either. I think um, – you know, Jordan Reed is the guy who, yep, this is this, all the writers are kind of saying this is that out of all the targets, uh, Jordan Reed is the guy that if you if you absolutely need a completion, that's the guy you go to. And Reed targeted 12 times today, seven catches, 38 yards, no touchdowns. I mean, are, are you happy with that type of production out of Jordan Reed? I'd say no. Um, you had. The, the one passing touchdown today was for Adrian Peterson, was yeah. the guy who ca- catches it and scores there. So I agree. I mean, yeah, I think with Alex Smith, you're happy that the guy's not a gunslinger. He's not throwing picks left and right. He's not a Kirk Cousins. He's not a Matthew Stafford. He's not these guys that, you know, will sling it all over the place. And, yeah, they'll throw 250 yards, but they'll throw in a pick or two in there as well. But maybe... You know, maybe at some point, Mike, you kind of wish that he was a little more reckless out yeah. there. Maybe because those types of guys are the guys that, yeah, for every you know bad pass they make that maybe they shouldn't have tried, they can get a 60, 70-yard crazy touchdown pass. So they got the win. The rushing game is the reason why they got the win pretty much because yeah. I, don't, I, I agree. I, I, Alex Smith, you got to have a little more production than this. 178 yards, 20 for 32. Yep. That's not a great day. And that's another thing you mentioned. Uh, which was a great point, is that he threw his touchdown pass to Adrian Peterson, which that's what he had a knock on over the past couple seasons or whatnot over in Kansas City is because he didn't have, I don't think all last year, he had a single uh, attempt, uh, or not an attempt, I should say, a single touchdown thrown to a wide receiver. So it's like when you're throwing to Travis Kelsey, that's a good, all, all, all fine, and, fine and you know good and everything like that. And you're throwing to Kareem Hunt, but you got to start getting these wideouts uh, in some type of groove. And you know what? Honestly, uh, one thing that really stood out to me was Josh Doxson. And, and uh, you know, our, our buddy and friend uh, who, who's, a, who's a writer for the DCCrossover.com, Dan Namfa, texted me and, and said that uh, Josh Doxson, and I talked to him last night briefly as well, that Josh Doxson is uh, actually – you know, catching a lot of these footballs that he's getting blanketed. And that's when I thought back to it, and it got me thinking that, you know what? Every catch that he usually has, he's always blanketed, number one, uh, but he's always making the catch, which to me, obviously, is a big body receiver. To me, if that's all we ever get out of him is just, you know, a game like this, five catches basically for 50 yards, 49 to be exact, 
but he caught all five targets. Yeah. So when you're looking at it, he got five targets. They're trying to work him in there a little bit. And I actually like the sole fact that if he can go over the middle to some medium to short routes, I'll take that from him. I mean, yeah. obviously, we can all assume that he's not going to be that Julio Jones type guy that Scott McLuhan wanted him to be uh, and all this uh, jazz. But I think if we can get that out of him, a nice productive receiver, kind of like a Jamison Crowder, uh, I, I think that that would actually be very beneficial to have uh, for our wide receiving core because, hey, if that's all you get out of him, that's all you get out of him. You got you to roll with the punches and take the pauses for what there are. Yeah, this was one of those kind of scary games where you're in New York, you're playing against a bad football team, and you let them hang around. And that's kind of what the Redskins did today is they let New York hang around. And, yeah, we know the Giants kind of suck. But they do have, you know, Odell Beckham, who is going to make. Of course, he had one of his highlight reel catches today with the uh, getting the, the pass interference call. Can we mention also for a second how bad the Redskins secondary looked at times? I yeah. mean, yeah, they looked. I mean, DJ Swearinger obviously had a great day, but he wasn't really joined by a lot of other guys that had great days. I mean, Josh Norman played all right. Uh, he was matched up with Odell a lot of the day. Um, but some of these other guys back there, uh, there were some pass interference calls where you're going, you got to find the football at some yeah. point. There was that terrible pass interference call. Um, I, f- I forget who, who was Nicholson. Who was on. I think it was probably Nicholson where he just runs straight into the Giants. <laughs> yeah, to, to Barkley. Yeah, and you're going, yeah, yeah, it was exactly. It was the Barkley play. So, you know, you, you run straight at Barkley and just oh, basically. It looked like, like he speared him. It was like, <laughs> well, what are you doing, guy? Go find the football. That could have easily been a pick. I mean, yeah. Eli threw, uh, what is it, a dead duck up there. Uh, <laughs> they could, duck they, they, they could have had more interceptions today than what they did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, defense at times looked a little weird. Now, defensive line, though, it definitely looked great i mean they had what seven sacks on the day we could I total think. it up right here they have four six it was six yeah. sacks yeah they have uh kerrigan had a sack and a half i night is two and a half he was a monster out there yeah uh john allen and, and deron Payne with one each yeah i mean that's a great day for the defensive line yeah uh for sure so yeah secondary wasn't wasn't great today d-line was um but and then you had Dustin Hopkins miss a field goal. Yeah, you know, you don't really like to see that, but it didn't really cost them too yeah. much. Tress Way, we thought for a second, oh, no, this guy yeah. might be injured. He's one uh, of the top five punters in the league. Exactly. He's he's one of those guys that you don't even have to think about Tress Way when he's out there because you know he's going to be dependable. Um and, and that's what you want out of a kicker or a punter. You want those guys to be the guys you barely even think about because they're automatic. And he's that type of guy. Yeah. But he seemed all right. He was able to get that punt off and look like his, his regular self, which was nice to see. Yeah, five, out of five punts, three inside the 20. And they said yeah. that last week as well against the Cowboys, uh, he had pretty much a similar stat with that. And if you can get a punter that could punt uh, around 50 to 60 yards almost every single time, I mean, that's Pro Bowl-type numbers. I mean, it, it is. Usually you see a guy that punts, uh, you know, 40 to 50, and it's kind of like the average for the most part, and you might get some bounce or whatever it may be. But, I mean, three punts inside the 20, as long as it was 58. He even went out. I think the 58-yarder was the play after he got hurt. I <laughs> so think you got to think, you got to think Trace Way, Trace Way has to be in the conversation for a Pro Bowl punt. Oh, yeah. I mean, he has to be yeah. if, if people aren't already talking about it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, as far as, like, kind of wrapping up our, our initial thoughts and reactions, yeah. to the game. I think it was one of those grind them out games. It was a must-win game for the Redskins. You have to beat a team like New York. You have to take these opportunities and play against bad teams and beat them. And they were able to do that um, here today. So, I mean, you got to be proud of the Redskins for because this is the type of game, I feel like, Mike, that in years past, this might have been a game that they lose. Yeah, no doubt about it. And going along, uh, one last uh, moment here for the secondary, as you mentioned. Really, I mean, 
they're not going to be one of those teams that actually is put out there to be one of the top secondary uh, units in the entire uh, NFL, basically, because Fabian Moreau, okay, he was supposed to be around a second round, first round talent, but then he got hurt in college at UCLA. Uh, and they picked him up and he was hurt a lot last year as well. Um, and then you also have uh, basically Monte Nicholson, who wasn't supposed to be uh, really anything uh, a couple years ago. And he ended up playing really well last year, got hurt. And then this, I mean, he didn't have a great game, but he didn't have a terrible game. He still had five solo tackles. But Greg Stroman going out there, seventh round rookie from Tech. Um, you know, and DJ Swearinger, the leader on the defense right now. I mean, everyone really has to take a step back. They didn't have Quentin Dunbar today as well. Uh, so you have, to, you have to look at that as well to the point where this secondary isn't supposed to be the strong point of this defense. And I think, honestly, Ben, if they can possibly next uh, draft, if they can get one of those top tier, especially with the first round pick, if they can try to go for a secondary guy, I think if they keep rebuilding this defense with a lot of young guys like they have Payne and Allen and Ioannidis, I honestly think if they can get a good secondary guy from the first two rounds or whatever it may be, uh, I think that's going to be a big positive because then they can just try to get depth later on and uh, on the second on the on the defensive line and maybe even in free agency as well. So keep rebuilding the defense because obviously you have guys coming back next year yeah. at the running back spot. Think about that. That's going to be a big boost for, for them as well. Um, and then Alex Smith, one more year under his belt. So overall, I think uh, the, our initial reactions, it's pretty, it's pretty damn good in, in my estimation, but uh, I think the biggest thing that, that Alex Smith has to do is be more efficient. Some of these some of these games, uh, he's had easy targets. Like later in, in this game, they had Jordan Reed pretty open, and he just throws it away, basically away from him, and too high for him. It's like, you got to be a little bit more accurate uh, on these passes, but again, like they've had over this year so far, you don't want him to have 32 passing attempts. They ran, I mean, they had a lot of plays, though. I mean, 26 rushing attempts for Peterson, 32 attempts for Smith. You don't really see that that often where you yeah. have that kind of balance, you know. But. No, you're right. You're right. They, there was there was a lot of plays running this game for not much scoring for only putting up 20 points, but yep. he did hold the Giants. God, can we mention one last thing? Is Go for The it. Giants are bad. They are they bad. They are bad. I mean, uh, now I don't feel sorry for them whatsoever, <laughs> um, but you mean, you had a, this is, this is Saquon Barkley. This is the guy who people are saying is one of the best you know, running backs in the league. I mean, even though he's just a rookie, and I, I don't like that overhyped talk for a guy who's so young. And yeah. you know, look at him in this game: thirteen carries for only thirty-eight yards. I mean, he yeah. didn't really do much there. He had to do a lot on the receiving end. Well, hey, think about this: though. the Redskins before this uh, this game, they were uh, third in the league for rushing yards per game uh, on the defensive end. They only let in eighty-seven point three, and that's going to go even way that's down help them. Yeah. I, 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 again because the Eagles. I don't know what they did against Jacksonville today on the on the run, uh, but. They were only four yards ahead of the Redskins. The Saints somehow have 72.3, but I also think that's because they score so many damn points, everyone has to pass it against them. Yeah. <laughs> but really, I think if that even goes lower, that's going to be even more uh, of a boost for their defense because the Redskins before that game, again, were fifth in the league in total defense yards per game at 325. And, you know, my last reaction here, Ben, before we get uh, to our stock report, is that really when you're looking at the whole entire box score for the team stats, for that 70-plus yard drive at the end where the Redskins were basically in prevent mode, they held the Giants like 220 yards of offense. Now, you just said it. They suck. But when you have Odell Beckham, Sterling Shepard, and uh, and uh, uh, Saquon Barkley, I mean, right there, that's, that's at least 200 yards of offense right there between those three guys. So if you can really stop the Giants' offense to 200 to 225, which they did before that last prevent drive, which really made no sense and, and not a difference at all, that's a, that's, a, that's a pretty damn good day in my estimation. But 
the, the, the whole entire fact of the matter is is that Ryan Kerrigan finally started to wake up last week and this week. Yep. And uh, Preston Smith is still in the abyss somewhere for the most part. He is getting some pressure, but you know, he, he's, he's gonna, if he needs to get paid, then he's going to have to perform a little bit better. But overall, I think if Kerrigan starts to wake up like he is the past couple weeks, this is going to be a scary front seven. Absolutely. Let's move into our stock report. So how about we do this? Let's do it. We'll each give a couple guys that we feel like their stock went up from this game, and we'll give a couple guys that we feel like their stock went down All right, two for each. from this game. So I will start with my one of my stock ups, <laughs> and it's it's kind of hard to imagine this guy's stock going any higher, but AP. I mean, we, we talked about him a lot in, in kind of some of our immediate reactions, and I will continue to say that what this man is doing on the football field to think that this guy wasn't even... Uh, you know, I, I, you say the phrase, the guy wasn't even supposed to be here. He wasn't. I mean, this was supposed to be Geis and, and Thompson. It was supposed to be that type of team. Adrian Peterson wasn't even supposed to be on this roster. Oh, yeah. And to see him day in and day out. And then, of course, he is the guy that makes the huge play at the end of the game and gets the touchdown to kind Seals of seal it. the deal. Because yeah. um, And that ended up being a key touchdown because New York drove down and they were able to get a, a, you know some points there in garbage time. But that could have been a tie game yeah. um, at that point. So, yeah, I'm going to go with AP. Stock is up. The man is just absolutely a monster. Especially going with your fact of the matter uh, right there where, okay, they came down and they scored some points. The the Washington offense is anemic sometimes where they just don't do anything. Yeah. Uh, where especially when the game's on the line, they go out there and go three and out or whatever they may do, uh, uh, may be doing uh, on most games in the past. But good thing for AP, and I totally agree with you there. My stock up, I just mentioned it, Josh Doxson. I think his stock is going up because the last couple games you've seen him uh, go out there and make a lot of beautiful catches. Uh, it doesn't matter if the catch is for five yards or for 30 yards. Uh, I, I think if you can hold on to that football, keep moving the chains like Doxson has done. He was a leading receiver so far uh, in this game. Yeah, only 49 yards, but he had five targets with five catches, and that's all you need. So my stock up for the first one is Josh Doxson. So my other stock up, I'll go with the man that you just mentioned earlier was Ryan Kerrigan. I mean, this is the guy that we've been kind of blasting all season with where is Ryan Kerrigan? That's been the, the milk bottle with the missing kid. It's a yeah. picture of Ryan Kerrigan. They, being they, like, they call it a cart, not a yeah, bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the milk carton there. Milk uh, bottle. Which I don't even know if anybody still drinks out of milk cartons. I actually <laughs> spent most of my life not knowing how to correctly open the milk carton. No, I would no. open them from both sides. Yeah, and they had a big and square. Then I, and so then I have a giant square to work with, and I'd put the straw right there in the middle. Um, but, yeah, the big question has been where is Ryan Kerrigan today? He showed up. Yeah. A couple tackles, gets a sack and a half, able to – um, yeah, just really have a have a have a nice day. You actually saw Ryan Kerrigan on the football field, which means that the the, the man yeah. showed up. So yeah. his stock is up. Yeah, he's not day. in his Halloween costume anymore. No. Um, looking at the stock up, my last stock up, I will say, uh, has to be Mason Foster, uh, and he's being proven now uh, to be one of the big leaders, uh, at least in this whole entire team, not in just in team, I should say the whole entire NFC East as one of the best linebackers in there because you used to have Sean Lee, but he's getting hurt nowadays because he's, he's getting older. And uh, you know Zach Brown, he's not able to call the plays, uh, but he's got the speed. But that's the thing that Mason Foster has. He's got that ability to be... Um, Kind of, kind of like a, a like a, a Reed Dowdy back in the day. Now I hated Reed Dowdy. Don't get me wrong, uh, but I I think Reed Dowdy. He was the, that's why they only kept him on the team is because he was a sound tackler. And yeah. that's the only reason they kept him on the team. I hated Reed Dowdy because <laughs> I, I just I just didn't like him because he was terrible in coverage, but he could tackle. But that's the thing is Mason Foster. He can tackle and he can play. The only problem with Mason Foster is his speed. His speed is not there. So when he has to go and cover uh, a guy like say Todd Gurley or a Zeke Elliott or something like that. 
they have to game plan around that because he can't do the man coverage. Zach Brown's not that good in coverage either, but he has the makeup speed to, to, to compensate with that. So I would say Mason Foster stock up because, again, 13 total tackles, nine solos, and one for a loss uh, led both teams in tackles. Uh, I just think that he's starting to prove uh, to everyone out there that he's a name that should be in the household uh, for every Redskins fans out there. So Mason Foster, stock up for me. For one of my stock downs, I'm going to go with Preston Smith. I didn't think this was a great game for Preston. Uh, I think not only did he not really show up on the stat sheet, but he also got beat plenty in this game. Uh, and I just think, you know, we, we know the big key guys in the secondary are going to be guys like DJ Swearinger and Josh Norman. And uh, you, you mentioned Zach Brown, but Preston Smith still has to show up. And I, I really didn't think that he played that well. So my first stock down is going to be Pernell McPhee. Pernell McPhee was technically one of the, the big guys that really is supposed to be one of the biggest splashes in the offseason and he hasn't really done anything that's the biggest thing to me is he hasn't done diddly squat basically here Ben to the point where you know he was supposed to be uh, one of these guys not one of these premier pass rushers all that stuff but he was supposed to help our pass rush out uh, for the most part but he hasn't really done anything I mean today one tackle it was a solo tackle but I mean with Ryan Kerrigan and Preston Smith playing so horribly pretty much for the first four weeks, you would think that he would make a decent splash. And so far, he's been a ghost out there as well uh, as our basically secondary pass rusher. So really, stock down for Pernell, Pernell McPhee uh, in this one because he was a he was a decent uh, pickup from the Bears and everything like that, but it, he just hasn't panned out. Yeah, and I'm going to say my last kind of stock down is, is it's not even really the player. I think it was the offensive play calling. Um, True. I think today I, I, it, there was no creativity. Uh, there was a lot of I mean, this should not have been a 20 to 13. What about game. hey, real quick. What about that? Sure. What, what about running speed option plays with Adrian Peterson? Adrian <laughs> Peterson doesn't have the speed. Yeah. You have Chris Thompson out there. There was a the lot of option plays Jeez. Uh, today that where you're kind of scratching your head a little bit. Um, where, yeah, the option w would work maybe for some other personnel, but when AP's on the on the field, you just set up in the eye and let the man go he's, to he's work. Like between the tackles type guy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so, you know, the, the play calling, I thought, wasn't was a little suspect. Yeah. Um, now, they did enough. There was a couple key plays that happened that were able to kind of get them where they needed to go to, to get the win, but, yeah, I'd say offensive play calling is stock down. At 20 points against a terrible New York Giants team, uh, you got to be able to do more than that. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think when you're looking at that offensive play calling, you just have to – I mean, Jay Gruden, he calls great plays for the most part. A lot of guys are open, this and that. But you know what? They always say don't uh, you know, get your offense to, to fit one guy, which is the quarterback basically. Make, make sure you have all your personnel to fit your offense or whatnot. It's like I understand that, but you know, it really Alex Smith, he hasn't figured out this offense. And people said, oh, it was going to come to him easy and all this kind of stuff. But it really hasn't. And really – Looking at the, like I said, the speed option plays, and that's the biggest thing that I, 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 I keyed on today was why is AP running a speed option? Because he has no speed. You have yeah. three bibs and, and Chris Thompson. Now, I understand that if one of those guys are hurt or whatever it may be uh, or banged up during the game, I understand that. But if you want to have speed, get Paul Richardson out there, a guy who runs 4 4 or something like that. Run him up uh, or run him as a, the, the, you know, the backfield or something like that. No one's really going to think, oh, they're going to run it with Paul Richardson because he's small. Like, no one's going to think that. So it's like, to me, I just laugh because of the sole fact that you run these type of plays with the wrong personnel, as you mentioned. So stock down for me as well uh, for that. So that's our stock report right here on the DC crossover. Once again, uh, a 5 and 2 record, Ben. And we're going to go right into our preview. Yeah. Uh, for next week's game on November 4th, 
1 p.m. start once again against the Falcons. So that's going to be a fun game to watch out for just for the sole fact that, again, and we mentioned this off-air, Ben, they had the third toughest schedule, strength of schedule, the third toughest before the season started. They had basically one more opponent uh, out of the next 10 uh, that uh, that basically have uh, under 500 records. The Texans are the only ones that have over 500 records. So the Redskins, somehow they lucked out, and they started the season off the first seven weeks, uh, five and two. So going into this next game against a real beaten, battered defense, I mean, they have two or three guys that are literally, two or three guys that are on IR that are, are key guys for the Falcons on defense. Yeah. Keanu Neal, he's gone. I mean, it's it's, it's going to be a, probably a, a shootout game, and that's what they're going to have to do. And I think AP might go for over 100 again. It's going to be one of those weird games where you've got the Falcons, whose defense is struggling, but their offense is really, really good. Yep. First in the league in passing, seventh in the league in offense, heading into, I believe, this week. Um, and then you've got the Redskins team, whose defense is really, really good, like top-ranked defense, but their yep. offense really isn't. I think they were 28th heading into this week uh, and maybe even after this week's game. So uh, it's one of those weird cases where what's going to give in this game? And you would tend to think the, the team with the better offense is the one that's going to be able to kind of grind out a win. But I, I do kind of agree with your assessment that we might be seeing a shootout. Maybe this is the game where Alex Smith goes in and goes, you know what? I trust my defense. I'm going to go in there and I'm just going to sling it. Yeah, that's the thing you're looking at it right now. You just mentioned the passing uh, the passing stats for Atlanta. I mean, right now, ESPN has the matchup going Atlanta's way. It's kind of surprising. 51% Atlanta probability to win over Washington in Washington, which is pretty crazy because Atlanta's 3-4 and four and 0-2 and away. So really, uh, comparing some of their stats, the Atlanta 27 points per game uh, and, and Washington 21, but they allow 30 points a game, which is one of the worst in the NFL. But compare this one, Ben. 23 to 20, the Falcons barely beat the Giants, and that was at home in Atlanta. So, yeah. I mean, if you let the Giants uh, you know, score 20 on you, this team, for what we saw today, they're pitiful, especially in New York. I mean, we just waxed them, and it was it was pretty embarrassing. All they have is Barkley and Beckham. That's exactly. it. That's yeah. all they have. And that's the funny thing. I was mentioning today uh, to Jen. Uh, she was sitting next to me while I was watching the game, and she didn't care. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to speak out uh, that. I, w- I wouldn't mind the Redskins trying to trade for Sterling Shepard or something like that. Yeah. yeah he's, he's one of them good. Get him out of there. Yeah, he's, he's one of them good number twos. And, you know, they're fire sale and everything because they get, got rid of Eli Apple. Uh, they got rid of Snacks Harrison. I mean, really, if you, they're trying to fire sale, go and get, give a f- fourth or fifth rounder for him. I mean, yeah. do it. You might as well. Might Snacks not. Harrison yeah. is one of the top defensive uh, linemen in the league, and they got up, they gave him away for like a fifth rounder. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> I, I, number one, how do you do that? Like, one of the top defensive tackles in the league, and you say, oh, yeah, we'll take a fifth for him. Like, that, that's not even a good trade. <laughs> I don't it's get it's it. a very questionable move, and that's kind of how New York has been, I guess. Yeah. And I'm just, but, again, I don't feel sorry for New York fans whatsoever. No, not at all. I mean, they got the, Super, the two Super Bowls with Eli. You know, you're done. Um, but, again, the Redskins, four of their last five at home, uh, and they have, they have won three of those four. So that's pretty good uh, coming off that Indy loss, which was pretty pitiful as well. But we've learned a lot more about this Redskins team. And uh, let's get right into our Redskins win if and our Redskins lose if. You go with Redskins win if? Sure. Redskins win if Alex Smith throws over 250 passing yards. All right. We'll see about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're done? Oh, no, that's it. That's, <laughs> that's it. That's my sentence. Yeah, period. Um, but uh, I think Redskins win if. AP can run for over 75 yards. I think that's a good benchmark for him to have because if you, he runs for over 75 yards, that means that your uh, 
pretty much your offense is going to be balanced at that point because we don't want to see one big run and then nothing. But their their defense, again, like I said, is is beaten and bruised and just, just overall uh, not performing the way they want to. If you look at their last five games, they're, they're – best uh i guess you could say their best defensive performance was 20 to the giants and everything else has been 29 to the bucks 70 or 41 to the steelers 37 to the to the Bengals, and 43 to the saints so all those scores are basically up upwards 34 and above so wow. the redskins and i said it today i thought the redskins were going to score at least 30 against the giants but that didn't happen but i think they have to score at least 28 as well that's yeah. that's another big thing you have to get some touchdowns in there and you have to score a third quarter touchdown for goodness sake <laughs> something on the third quarter this is embarrassing the worst but, worst worst quarter i don't get in it football for i don't this get team. it but okay redskins lose if redskins lose if the secondary doesn't show up i think yeah. uh this is we know that this is going to be a pass happy atlanta team we know that they need to put up a lot of points because their defense is so bad you gotta have the big playmakers you gotta have norman who who actually had a good game today i mean he's quiet stat wise um, but he was on Odell for most of the game, and he actually did all right against him at times. So, I mean, you're going to need Swearinger. You're going to need Norman. You're going to need uh, – but they're going to need some help. They're going to need the other yeah. guys, the guys that we don't talk about that much to show up. Um, so if the secondary plays well um, – but, yeah, so the Redskins will lose if, if the secondary does not show up. The Redskins lose if Julio Jones catches a damn touchdown. <laughs> I mean, literally, Julio Jones, the, one of the top three receivers in the league, hasn't caught a touchdown in, in, in 17 years, it feels like i mean literally this guy is a monster on the edge and he has not caught a touchdown in forever uh, my my ipad right here or my amazon fire whatever the hell this thing is isn't loading up the stats so i couldn't tell you when the last time he caught a touchdown was but really if he catches a touchdown and goes for something i, I saw a tweet today as well ben that they said why in the world is greg stroman a seventh round rookie covering odell beckham jr man to man now, they are paying Josh Norman $15 million. Yeah. I don't care if he's a zone guy. I don't care if he's a bench warmer. I don't care what he is. If you're paying a guy that much money to be a corner in this league, one of the top five uh, money getters in this league for corners, I don't understand why you don't just give him and say, hey, this is your duty today. Give yeah, him the, the go opportunity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, they have Mohamed Sanu, which is a big, big, big time player as well. Um, but at the same time, looking at Josh Norman, he's got to stop Julio Jones. And I don't care if you do your pick your poison type situation. If Matt Ryan goes out there and throws 300 yards and you guys win by 10, I'll take it. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, if, as long as Julio Jones goes out there and does not catch a touchdown, which apparently he can't do, which again, I don't understand why. The guys, <laughs> other guys like Megatron out there, not as good as Megatron, I don't think, but at the same time, you would agree too because you're yeah. a Detroit guy. Oh, but yeah. basically, I just don't get it why he's not catching touchdowns. But again, the Redskins lose if Julio Jones goes out there and scores one or two touchdowns because that means he's dominating the football game. But again, the Redskins win over 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 the New York Giants, twenty to thirteen. Uh, more of a, a a dominating win uh, than the score indicates. But overall, we'll take the win, five and two. Ben, three wins in a row. The Redskins. <laughs> Again, they played the Falcons next week, November 4th at 1 p.m., and they follow with the Buccaneers after that. That's our Redskins segment right here on the D.C. Crossover. Again, rate and review and subscribe and download every single episode every single week. We record on Sundays and Mondays, so de definitely check back into that. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play Music. Next up, we got the Pine Pony Express, the two-point conversion, and more right here on the D.C. Crossover. Come on back right after these messages from our sponsors. The DC Crossover is presented by Parando's Tex-Mex Grill. Located in Ashburn, Virginia, this family-owned restaurant gives you that warm and welcoming feeling as you walk through their doors. 
with two patios, fresh food, and weekly specials. You'll never be unsatisfied. Make your reservation today. Visit perandostexmex.com for all the details. The DC Crossover is supported by We Organize. Specializing in the Northern Virginia area, We Organize transforms your space from chaos to peace, complicated to simple, and cluttered to calm. If you're in the market for professional organizing assistance, schedule an appointment today. Dial 571-310-1315. That's 571-310-1315. We Organize. Places, spaces, people. Welcome back, Pine Ponies. This is the DC Crossover right here on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Google Play Music. So Ronan Simpson behind the mics once again for you guys out there. The Notes with Noakes segment is going to be off this week. Danny has been busy out of town, so he cannot come on this week. So we're going to get right into here our second segment of the day, our Pine Pony Express and also our two-point conversion. And followed by this will be our Caps and Wizards talk, so come back for that as well. Again, it's the DC crossover. We cross over all four main DC sports in the D.C. market, the Caps, the Wizards, the Redskins, and the Nationals when they are in season. So Ronan Simpson on the mics yet again. Follow us on all the social media outlets, Twitter at the D.C. Crossover, Facebook, D.C. Crossover Podcast, and dccrossover.com. Again, I'm Mike Cerrone, and we're going to get right into our two-point conversion here, Mr. Simpson. It's going to be a good one because I have a very good one that was uh, from Barstool Sports. I'll start us off here, buddy. And um, the title says, uh, six-year-old invites 32 of his classmates to his birthday party, and yet no one showed up. (laughs) It looks like they're at some pizza place. I can't really tell uh, what place it is, Um, but it makes no sense to me because the kid in the picture uh, really is just sitting there by himself, and uh, no one's there. They have like 20 plates there just with napkins on them and whatnot, and I'll show you this picture as well. So he's just, I've seen this go yeah, around. Yeah, it's on Barstool Sports, so just just check out and, and look up six-year-old and uh, birthday, basically. Um, and it's funny to me because it was in Arizona, and the best part about it is why is the – is the parent taking yeah. a picture of the kid looking like it's the worst day of his life. <laughs> I think that's, that's that's the story. And I saw that story because actually it's gone around. And I think some team, I think, came out and said, yeah. we'll like host you. Phoenix for, Suns. Yeah, the Suns. Yeah, that's where you really want to go is go see a Phoenix Suns yeah. game. They're one of the worst teams in Link. Yeah. Um, Maybe 10 but, years ago. Uh, but yeah, if, if I'm the parent in that situation, like, yeah, I'm not necessarily putting a picture of my kid and yeah, here's my loser son. <laughs> Nobody came to his here's, birthday. Here's Billy. And also, he sucks. you know, maybe wait to put out the paper plates until the kids, other kids, show up. Yeah. Maybe you know, maybe you leave it in a, in a pile. Maybe you don't put them out. Uh, here's all the kids that we invited. Problem Let's, is, they already ordered the pizza. There's three big, yeah. large pizzas if, there. If I'm that kid, that sounds like the best birthday party ever. To yep. be honest, I just get three pizzas by myself. I hang out. With, I get my own personal uh, party with Chuck E. Cheese or wherever he's at, and um, you know, have a good time. But uh, yeah, it, uh, that was a very weird story, and I agree with you. Is we're in this age now that parents are don't care. Well, yeah, <laughs> parents don't care, but parents are putting up things that their kids are doing on social media, where it's one of those things where you know, fifteen years later, the kid may be like, "Hey, mom and dad, like, I wish you hadn't had put that up there." Because, <laughs> I don't have a girlfriend because now we're in that age where literally, you know, everything is staying online, all, all that stuff. Um, so my yeah, nickname you, is the Pizza Kid. Yeah, I, now I'm the Pizza Kid, the loser Pizza Kid. <laughs> Nobody came to my party. Um, 
you know, and, and then my mom decided to take a picture of all the empty chairs and yep. empty plates. And then, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where, yeah, of course it's sad. The kid, kid, kid has a party. But, you know, maybe some better planning. Maybe some RSVPs. <laughs> yeah. um, maybe don't invite out. people five minutes before. Yeah, or maybe, you know, uh, you, you, you know th- this is a day of technology. You, know, you could have called or texted maybe the parents of the kids and be like, hey, is your kid coming? No? <laughs> okay, maybe we should, you know, not do this party, I guess. Maybe we should tell Jimmy he's getting yeah. killed. <laughs> yeah, maybe scheduling it for noon on a Tuesday was a bad idea. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just, it, it, it's a wild story. And, and But, again, if I'd love a party with a bunch of pizzas well, on the best my own. part about the end of the article, because uh, Barstool Sports, you know how Barstool is more like just like, like casual funny stuff and whatnot and they always find good stuff about sports and it's always like we talk about us being casual fans even though we're kind of diehards for the most part but we try to keep the dc crossover for a more casual fan experience and, and so you guys can listen to it maybe learn a thing or two or just get a laugh um but barstool is kind of the, the kind of thing we emulate and that's the thing about it is that at the end of the article it says also no one noticed this uh and no one showed up but someone is literally going to town on some pizzas because there's like seven pieces missing. Oh, wow. <laughs> Out of one pizza, two in the other pizza, and three in the other pizza. So the, the parents or the, the kid is just going to town on those pizzas. Three large pizzas, and they have literally seven slices missing. Yeah, I guess somebody's eating the pizza, so maybe they, uh, <laughs> maybe the dad is is he's like, well, my my son's a loser. I'm going to eat seven pieces of pizza, uh, or you know, maybe they're saying, you know, I, we already paid for this party, so you're going to eat every bite of that pizza that we paid for, uh, you know, things like that. But uh, yeah, that's that's definitely a funny. His name story. is Teddy, by the way. Oh, poor it's Teddy, a, it, because the Suns, the Phoenix Suns, out in Arizona. Uh, said, how about we celebrate with thousands at our place? Tickets to Wednesday's Suns versus Lakers game are all yours, Teddy. Talk soon. I'm sure Teddy's pretty giddy about yeah, that. Yeah, t- what if the kid hates sports? Yeah, what if he's like, yeah, LeBron sucks. Like, he's I wearing a see Lakers. He's, he's wearing a, 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 a look like, like a polka dotted button down to his six six year old birthday party Oof, like, that nobody showed up to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Yikes. I'm pretty sure he's not going to be the athletic type. Yikes, Teddy. So my uh, my Pine Pony Express here is. Um, Man rescued after two days at bottom of mine shaft was searching for gold. So apparently this guy, his name's John Waddell. Um, he's not a licensed gold uh, gold mine guy. He's just a, an Arizona man who he told his buddy, he said, um, if, I'm, uh, if I'm not back home by Tuesday, be, go send the, uh, the rescue crews to come get me. So this guy went down this mine shaft. And he was looking for gold, and obviously he gets stuck or, or it goes bad. And then now he has to waste everyone's time and have them come and save his life because he was looking for gold. Now, Mike, have you ever even seen gold in your life? Have uh, you seen something that's made of gold? Well, I, I think I had I, a little gold I, Pokeball that I got from like 7 Eleven once when I was a kid. Uh, probably was real wasn't gold. real gold. <laughs> okay. Yeah, now that I'm seven eleven, I don't it. think there's all real gold. Seven eleven. There was the little <laughs> fo- the fool's gold that you could you could go find uh, like out in the yard. There was always those stones. The stones where it looked like it was gold. They were like shiny rocks. Not like sure. A, not sure. You know what I'm is. talking about. <laughs> um, and then uh, Gotta brush up on my pop culture here. But yeah, I, I it's it was just it, it struck me as funny as like it's just that this guy. Um, 
Oh, told his buddy, kind of expecting that. He, yeah, this is probably not <laughs> going to go get well. Stuck here. So you know, you might as well just kind of give me a couple days, and if I'm not back, you're going to have to call the call the cops. But yeah, Mike, you ever go searching for gold? You ever go out to the beach with a little uh, scanning thing that tells you metal uh, detector? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the scanning um, thing. Look, looking for gold underneath the beaches of. Uh, I wonder if Dewey. anyone's ever yeah, <laughs> the Dewey Beach. Um, I wonder if anyone's ever found gold at a beach. And by the way, I said this was a two-point conversion. This is the Pine Pony Express. Like yeah, Fanta you did to. say it wrong. So that was my mistake. But um, I wonder if anyone ever has ever found gold, like at a beach, like like one of those old guys. Like, I mean, my dad. It's actually kind of funny. He actually bought a metal detector to be one of those guys, like at the beach, because you know he just felt like doing it and getting some exercise, doing that kind of stuff. And he never used it. Um, he used it like one time, like put like a penny on the ground or something or whatever kind of metal object on the on like a garage floor and did it. And he's like, oh, this is great. And then he never used it ever again. <laughs> but that's the thing. I wonder if anyone's ever found like a jackpot, uh, you know, at the beach. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, seriously, if you're that guy that sit there, they, they, they're carrying a shovel on their back and they have that metal detector. You always hate that guy because he's always like walking so slowly. And like, yep. you want to stare at him and say like, what the hell? But then he looks at you he's and like, like, you're just like, making find this gold. You're not going to get any <laughs> of this. Really, really awkward. Yeah. yeah. yeah you're just sitting on phone. Gold right yeah. there, sitting your stupid. My, my birthday party, no, nobody showed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's why I'm now looking for gold. <laughs> yeah, show yeah. everybody, show show everybody who, who's boss here. Um, that's the thing is, I don't know, man. I mean, I've, I've, I mean, obviously you've seen rings and and necklaces and all that kind of stuff, but I've yeah, like, you wear a lot of gold rings. Yep, all day, every day. You know, you gotta you gotta get that bling on. But um, I, actually, I never used that word bling in maybe years, dude. When's the last time bling was used in like a? You sentence? know what? I never have used that word bling. I, I, I never used it. Really. Sure. Like uh-huh. every, like on, I mean, every day of my life. You look like a guy that would wear a lot of bling. Yeah, that's that's big gold I, necklace. That was the thing back in the day was bling. I don't know. I, I, uh, wasn't there a song about that or something? Probably. Yep. Probably. It's probably Nelly or something. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I've just I, I've I've never wanted to be that metal detector guy, and I like how we're going into metal detecting right now for some random reason. Yeah, metal but, detector podcast. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, it's uh, it's definitely something that's um, pretty crazy though for a guy to say, "Hey, I know I'm going to get stuck down here, so call call the police." Uh, or, at least he was self aware. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm not that great at looking for gold, <laughs> so just kind of keep this in mind while I go look for gold. It is fun to watch those the show the, those shows like Gold Rush and, and different stuff like that. You ever sure. seen those shows? Yeah, yeah. So on the Discovery Channel, I'm pretty sure, and it's I think it's Discovery Channel. It might be History. I'm not exactly sure. Whatever, it's on TV. But yeah, those shows are pretty fun because you see guys out there and they're mining for gold and all that kind of stuff, uh, and, and they they find like like three million dollars worth of gold, which yeah. is like wow. And they do it like in what like a, like a summer or something like that, like like three months worth something like that. So it's pretty interesting to watch them out in Alaska and all that kind of stuff. I, God knows I'm not going to Alaska to try to find gold, uh, but at the same time, it's pretty uh, pretty interesting to watch some of these guys uh, that are, that don't get stuck in in, in mine shafts. Like, yeah, if the Wizards know, keep playing like this, they might as well move them out to Alaska. Yeah, they might. They might, 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 might as well go searching for gold because they're franchise there. <laughs> uh, what <laughs> about your two point conversion here, where we kind of talk about? So I was kind of <sighs> thinking about this, okay. Um, because I was trying to think, because we already kind of talked about the race the other weekend, and that was the last thing good in my life. Because I was, I was <laughs> last thing good. Because I was kind of thinking, um, I was kind of self exploration earlier. I was thinking, is man, being a Detroit sports fan is literally just the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Because especially right now, because Mike, you've got fool's gold. You've got the, yeah. Because <laughs> you've got the Detroit Tigers who are in rebuilding mode, and so they are absolutely awful. And they tanked all season. They're they are terrible. The Red Wings are in rebuilding mode. They're terrible. They've won one game this season. They can't win anything. Um, the Detroit Lions are the Detroit Lions, where they'll beat the Patriots one week and then lose to the Jets, or they'll they'll beat uh, some good team one week and then they'll lose to Seattle at home. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll that's what the 
Lions do. This is exactly what they do. And then you have the Pistons who, you know, they'll, they'll start off the season all right, and then somebody will get hurt, and then they'll collapse in the rest of the season. So it's not really a two-point conversion in a good way. It's just more of I was just examining as just being – because then you think about this, Mike. Imagine being a Boston sports fan. Yeah. That's just got to be the greatest thing Must in the be world. nice. You got the, the Red Sox on the precipice of another World Series. You got the Patriots, who are great every single year. The Bruins had some good years as well. Um, and then, you know, uh, the Celtics. I mean, look at look at, Bra- look at Brady. His career is probably ending yeah. here in the next three, three years or so. And then all of a sudden, the Celtics are like, yeah, we'll pick it up from here, guys. We got yeah. a lot of young guys out here. Just imagine being – and then, like, there's the, the D.C. teams and stuff, too, that we follow that they can never – get it going imagine being able to be a boston sports fan and just be like yeah you know i've got a you know a three out of four shot from for my four teams to win a title every single yeah. year yeah this is the one team that's rebuilding you must know? be nice yeah, must it, be nice must be nice not having and that's the funny thing i have some friends up there and they're they're always complaining about this and complaining about that and it's like i mean they're not really great friends but at the same time you know they always sit there and they're they're man uh, I can't believe we're having this terrible of a season. Stuff like that. It's like, man, you guys win like 12 football games a year. Like, you know, try, try living down here where we didn't have a championship for, what, 26 years? Yeah. It's like, we didn't have a championship for 26 years. That's over two decades. That's almost one three decades. team. Everybody else isn't winning either. So, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 be, it's so it's not, that's not really a good thing happening in my life. <laughs> it's more of me just being miserable about my sports teams. Yeah. What's, uh, what's your two-point conversion? Uh, the two-point conversion, I will say, is um, I mentioned it before. Uh, that uh, obviously uh, my, my buddy is coming up from Stanton, and we do it once every year. Uh, he comes up for the Dallas Stars game. But uh, r- really this year um, it's going to be, be a, little, a little different because the game is on Saturday this year, and uh, the last few years that he's come up, it's always been on like a stupid Tuesday or Ooh. Thursday right. where it's like you're rushing to get to the Metro, and you got to get this and that. And, all. and it's just it sucks because like I usually only hang out with him during the game. Uh, which is like, okay, we're watching the game. It's like, how you doing, man? Oh, we're doing good. All right, we'll see you later. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's basically how it is. And, like, you know, I, I haven't really seen him. I mean, I don't want to see him once a year. I play Xbox and different stuff like that with him, so I keep in touch every now and then. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's going to be good this year because on a Saturday, they think the game is at night, um, which is going to be nice because, you know, we can he, he can come in town because he asked me about, so we are supposed to go with another buddy of ours, and, and he can't go because uh, he's working. But it's going to be a fun time because, you know, when you can make a little day of it, you can go, you know, hit up top golf. Yeah, Saturday like sports are, are the best. Yeah. A Saturday, Saturday game night is the best. Too, exactly. Because yeah. you're not going to really be dealing with traffic going in. The Metro is not going to be uh, busy. Or even if you drive, it's not going to be that bad. Yep. You know that you can get down there early, go grab a bite or grab some drinks or whatever, and then sure. get to the stadium, you're fine. And then even if the game ends late, you go tomorrow, Sunday. We yeah. can sleep in. We can, you know, it's going to be football time, all that stuff. Saturday. Saturday night sports are the best. And Friday night, I'd put in that category too. But Friday, you're still dealing with traffic. But yeah, a well, game be- on a Saturday is the best. The best part about next week too, uh, when we go to the game, is that because I work for the Loudoun County Public School System, oh. they got the end of the grading period. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the end of the grading period. Yeah. But that's <laughs> I get two days off on Monday and Tuesday. I still got to work my other job, but yeah. you know, it's like still. I, I get to sleep in. Oh, you know, man. I don't have to get up at 5 a.m. So it's going to be nice um, to see that. So basically... I'm pretty pumped about that, but it's going to be nice. Like you said, it's just uh, it's just smooth sailing when you when you basically get that Saturday game. And you're like, oh man, Saturday. Because I remember I talked to Danny about this a lot, and I always mention this that uh, my last year down in Blacksburg, I went to Radford, but I, I lived in Blacksburg. But my last year down there, uh, I always got season tickets to the football, 
And they only had, I think they had, actually, I don't think they had one night game that entire year. My last year there, they didn't have a single night game, I believe. And this year, we've talked about it multiple times, they've had like three night games in a row. I mean, it's like, and they might even change the the Tech UVA game because UVA is actually in the top 25 this week with uh, like 11 teams losing in the top 25. Uh, they, they, it's going to be pretty crazy because they might have another night game. So it's it's just nuts because you see that night game, and you're just like, this is going to be awesome. And I think this Saturday against the Stars is actually going to be pretty damn fun because of the sole fact that, hey, you know, it's it's going to be one of those days where you can just go out and, like you said, get some grub or whatever um, that's not so expensive. At, at, at you know, I won't say the Verizon Center, Capital One Arena. Um, but you know, cause I don't, I don't, I hate those prices too, dude, by the way, that's another topic for another day, but I mean, look what the Falcons are doing. I think the Braves did it or no, the Hawks did it too, where they, they put their prices down so far, uh, where you can get a hot dog for like two fifty or something like that. Yeah. Lions are doing it too. In Detroit oh, really? at Ford field, they're taking the same model where, yeah, you can get like a beer and a hot dog for five bucks or yeah. something where in the past that would cost you like twelve ninety five <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we'll start to see cause stadiums got to compete, man. They got to start lowering these prices. Cause why would you, uh, why would you spend eight fifty on a beer? You know, when you could just uh, go get go get a, a twelve pack, go get lit before the game. <laughs> <laughs> be that guy that lines the beers up his leg. Um, yeah, but that's the thing is that it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to actually go to my first Caps game uh, because we actually got tickets for I think it was eighty five bucks, uh, which is pretty steep. I'm not too happy about paying it, um, but. You know what? It's going to be a fun game because I always try to fork over that money. Um, don't, don't get me wrong. I love going to Caps games and stuff like that. Caps are expensive. Yeah, it's it, going to the going to those games. It's not like going to the Wizards games. You know, two years ago when you could buy a ticket for seven dollars. Uh, but <laughs> I bought ca- Caps tickets for my dad and I, and those were not cheap, man. Which what section did you get? Not not even that close. <laughs> it's was, it was like pretty far back. <laughs> I'm out of the stadium. It was pretty far back, and it was. Are you still... in the upper bowl? I don't know where I am. I yeah. just know it was still like over a hundred bucks a ticket or something. Oh, okay. So you're probably in the the, the middle bowl, the club section kind maybe, of thing. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, because that's the thing is that uh, you know every year we usually get around the same section uh, because it's like center ice. Uh, the logo is like facing you. It's not like you're behind the logo, all that kind of stuff. Um, because like I said, it's always a one-time thing of the year that I go with him to this game, and basically we always uh, get the same section. And a couple years ago it was like ninety bucks, and it ended up being like a hundred and thirty. And then I'm like, all right, dude, I got to cap it out. Last year, we couldn't even go because that was the year. Uh, last year, we had that big snowstorm. And it was like the blizzard where it started snowing that morning. And we got, they had like seven inches on the ground. And he was like, I can't come up, man. I was, he's like, he's like, here, I'll, I'll forward you my ticket. You can go with somebody else. And I was like, well, I don't really have any friends. So yeah. no one else yeah. wants to go. Nobody came to my pizza party. <laughs> yeah. So. so I told him to try to sell them. And he said he couldn't sell them. So I had to, I had to eat like the 120 bucks. I was Ooh. pretty pissed about it. Um, but, uh. Yeah, so it's going to be a fun time next Saturday. I think it's the 9th, um, which is going to be, uh, uh, I think, it, is it? No, is it, is it? I'm trying to think. It's not this. I don't even know. Oh, no, it's the 3rd. It's the 3rd. That's what yeah, it is. That's this, yeah, yeah, that's this. Yeah, Saturday okay, is the 3rd. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting my, my dates mixed up. But it's yeah. okay. So, yeah, the 3rd is going to be a fun time. Stars, caps on a, on a nice, hopefully uh, semi, semi-warm uh, night, but it's looking like it's going to be more and more cold coming up, but... That's my two-point conversion right there, man. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Man. It's going to be fun. It's going to be my first Caps game. And the good thing is, like you said, you're going to be going to see the Caps uh, Wings game, which is going to be really fun for you as well. And you, can, you can't beat the atmosphere at, at, Cap, at Capital One Arena. I mean, it's just like they hand those stupid light things out, and then it just looks badass pretty much all the way throughout. But, again, that's our two-point conversion and also our Pine Pony Express right here on the DC Crossover. Uh, check back next segment for our Wizards and Caps segment. We're going to talk about... Uh, both those squads real quick, maybe 
Uh, we might have a couple words to say about the Wizards and how terrible they've been. And we'll, we'll give you a, a tiny bit of analysis here for the early going of 10 games for the Capitals. Again, follow us on all the social media outlets at the DC Crossover on Twitter. And also follow DC Crossover Podcast on Facebook. Uh, check out our website, thedccrossover.com. And uh, we have some more writers that are prob probably going to be contributing even more. Uh, we're, we're starting to recruit. So if you would like to write for us, uh, try to get out to us on Twitter or even on Facebook. And we'll try to uh, get you to, to write some articles about our D.C. teams here in the market of the Washington, D.C. Uh, uh, District of Columbia. I kind of I messed it up. Uh, but at the same time, uh, definitely check us out on all the podcasting aspects. That's our main thing is our podcast. Um, again, this is directed towards casual fans. We're diehards, but we try to just get that casual, like, upper section uh, fan perspective in our podcast. But, Ben, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely been a, a pretty fun episode so far, but we got the Caps and Wiz coming up next. Uh, again, this is the DC Crossover on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Google Play Music. The DC Crossover is presented by Parando's Tex-Mex Grill. Located in Ashburn, Virginia, this family-owned restaurant gives you that warm and welcoming feeling as you walk through their doors. With two patios, fresh food, and weekly specials, you'll never be unsatisfied. Make your reservation today. Visit parandostexmex.com for all the details. The DC Crossover is supported by We Organize. Specializing in the Northern Virginia area, We Organize transforms your space from chaos to peace, complicated to simple, and cluttered to calm. If you're in the market for professional organizing assistance, schedule an appointment today. Dial 571-310-1315. That's 571-310-1315. We organize. Places, spaces, people. Welcome back to the DC Crossover here on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and or wherever they can find us. I guess we're on Google Play. We're not on Spotify. We're not on Spotify. Yeah, screw that. We're not paying. <laughs> no, we're, we're cheap, uh, cheap boys here, uh, by judging by Mike's tip to the pizza lady. Um, but uh, She was not happy. It is the DC crossover. We got into the Redskins talk their last segment. Now let's jump around the league a bit. We're going to cover some hockey and we're going to cover some NBA sure. uh, because screw the Nats. It's offseason. Baseball is long enough. We'll get into some Nats talk later on in the winter time and as winter meetings happen and things like that. If sure. the Nats start making moves, we'll um, kind of get into some of that talk. But let's talk about the two teams that are right in the midst of their beginning of their season. And that let's start with the Washington Capitals in the let's NHL. Caps five, three, and two uh, start to their year. And Mike, we were talking off air before we before we hopped on. And this team—it's it, just very weird this year. <laughs> it's a very strange team to because say the least. you'll you'll have this team come out and you know beat a New York Rangers team, and then not really show up against Florida and have weird starts from their goalkeepers and then losing a shootout. And uh, and then you'll have the team come back and destroy Vancouver 5-2. And then they'll lose to Edmonton 1-4 and not show up. And then they'll beat Calgary. And it's just like, it's it's they're not consistent at all yeah. to start this year. And the record just shows that. And yeah, okay, it's October. There's still so much hockey left to be played. But, you know, we can only make impressions on what we've seen so far. And so far this season, we've seen a, a very strange up-and-down team. Yeah, up-and-down team uh, is obviously the best way to put it because, you know, they go out, they blow out Boston, 
then they they let up seven goals to Pittsburgh in overtime. They scored six, but you know then they go against uh, Vegas and they put up five there. Then they get shut out against New Jersey. We talked about it last week right here on the DC crossover about when you're looking at this Caps team, it's been kind of an up and down situation for them because really when you go out there and each and every night. And, you know, us coaching baseball as well, we actually found this out as well, where you go out there and you play one of the hottest teams or, or one of the, the best teams in the league, and then you go and you play this scrub team, and all of a sudden you're in a nail-biter with them somehow. And that's what this Caps team uh, feels like it's been uh, going on this entire 10-game stretch that they've had to begin the season because you go out and you play Boston, which was one of the, the front runners in the East, along, alongside with Pittsburgh. And then you have Vegas, who is uh, the defending runner-up. Uh, in the NHL right now. Then you go play a Jet Devils team that's young and up and coming, but uh, they're, they're just not up to, up to snuff with a lot of these guys uh, out there this year. So that's the biggest thing as you look at here is that, you know, how are you going to – I mean, people say go out there and play your game, play, play with the opponent you're playing each night, you do, you know, one game at a time and all, like, all those kind of, uh, you know, cliche phrases you say. Uh, but – it's hard to, to go up and down and then, you know, you go into a game and it's, it's hard to not go into a game and, and have that mindset of, oh, we should blow this team out. I mean, think of, look at the Redskins. The Redskins do it every single year where, you know, they, they should blow out the Colts and they don't. You know, they should not win against the Panthers and they do. Like, it's, that's just how it is. And then you go against uh, the, the, the Maple Leafs and, you know, you lose. But that's a really good team and it was a good game. But, you know, it, it's just... Looking at this team, it's like you said, up and down because out of, they've had four out of their ten games go to overtime or shootouts, and that's the thing is, you know, you've had uh, two overtimes and two shootouts so far, and you came away basically with a, a two and two record in those. So you scout, you scout, I mean, you got a point out of those, but you got a couple couple extra points with two wins. But it's, I mean, it's just up and down. I mean. Edmonton, they're another young and coming team, but this West Coast uh, swing so far, even though they've won two of the three uh, so far, it's, uh, it's it's definitely something that you got to look for um, as being a, a staple point. We mentioned before last week that we're going to know kind of early on how this team is going to play for most of the season for how this West Coast swing has gone. And so far, they've scored uh, 13 goals in three games. So really, that's, that's pretty darn good. That's an average, a little over four goals a game. So uh, hopefully, when it comes down to it, uh, we should have a have, have a good rest of the season coming up for what we've seen over the last handful of games. Yeah, and then, you know, the scheduling has been very wacky here in, yeah. the, in the month of October. You've had, you know, a lot of back-to-backs here at the beginning of the season and then, you know, three, four days off, and there's been a lot of time in between games. And once we get into November, things are going to be on a much more consistent schedule for this team. You're going to have this. That's true five-game road trip starting on uh, the 3rd of November, or home trip, sorry, home stand where you've got Dallas yep. and you got a day off, and you got Edmonton a day off, Pittsburgh day off, Columbus day off, Arizona. So, you know, you've got a lot more consistency um, uh, from the scheduling, so we're going to see this team be playing a lot more nights because what I don't like is we see the Caps play on a Saturday night and then we don't see them again until Thursday yeah. or something like that. I mean, you, you want this season to feel... Um, you know, you want these guys to be able to find some sort of rhythm. And it's really hard to find a rhythm when you're playing once every five nights. Yeah. And I know, you know, the guys want a break because of back-to-backs and they're on a road trip and, so, and, and all that. But we're in the first month of the season. They don't need yeah. to have this much time in between games whatsoever. Yeah. Um, so November is going to tell us a lot, I think, especially getting eight games at home um, <clears throat> and then yeah. having seven on the road. In the, in the month of November, starting with the Montreal game um, coming up on Thursday. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think 
this team is fine. You know, there's there's nothing to no big glaring issues. I think Tom Wilson's uh, uh, lack of presence is is clearly shown by th- with the way teams are coming after the Caps physically. It's something you and I've been talking about, but. You know, I, th- I think this is going to be one of those teams that maybe the first couple months of the season, they're around 500 or so. They pick up a like win here year. and there, and the next thing you know, they start turning things on. I mean, yeah. I'm fine with the Caps not peaking until March or April. Yeah. I mean, that's and fine. That, that's the thing. You look at it. They're, this, they did the exact same thing last year when they yeah. won the Cup. So, I mean, against Montreal, they're coming up, like you said, Thursday. What I just noticed, I'm looking at this month uh, plan uh, for the Caps schedule. They got three uh, Hockey Night in America's uh, Wednesday night games. That's yeah. basically what they always say, the Wednesday night rivalries, where they got uh, against Pittsburgh uh, at home uh, on the 7th, and then they have uh, at Winnipeg, who actually Winnipeg is uh, actually in the number one of the power rankings, and then you have uh, home against the Blackhawks. So really, and also, hey, did you know that they're playing the Wings on the 23rd? Did you, did you get tickets to that? Yeah, I did. I do have tickets. That's nice, man. That's it's going to awesome. be a slaughter. The Wings are going to get crushed, just like they're losing to Dallas, I think, tonight. It's, but, a, it's uh, a weird It's a weird time. Four o'clock on a Friday. That's well, it's, it's the day after Thanksgiving, so. Oh, I, should, I should know that, actually. <laughs> well, there you um, go. I wasn't paying attention to that. I <laughs> uh, didn't see what, what time that day was, um, but yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually going to the Dallas game on Saturday. Um, I have a, a friend uh, from college. She lives down in Stanton, Virginia. And he's a huge Dallas uh, Stars fan. Um, not a Cowboys fan, but he's a Dallas Stars fan. And he's coming up. He comes up every single year for the home game. And we got nice tickets and stuff like that. So it's going to be a good game on Saturday. And Dallas is one team to watch out for. Their defense has always been pretty iffy and pretty terrible. But they have Tyler Sagan and, 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 and Jamie Benn. So uh, really, um, they got they got some good stars uh, on the Stars team. But like you said, a five-game homestand after Montreal. I think the biggest thing for this homestand is you got to come out uh, swinging and hopefully maybe even blow out Montreal, depending on if Carey Price is playing or not, whatever it may be, um, for the Canadians. you got to come out swinging and get that win in Montreal and then you know go into this homestand uh, with a couple wins under your belt back-to-back. So really, uh, in my uh, opinion, I think that for this next homestand, they have three winnable games in Arizona, uh, the Jackets, and Dallas. Uh, but Dallas has always had the Caps number at Capital One Arena, and, and that's the one thing you got to watch out for as well. But if they can go through that five-game homestand, maybe go you know three one and one or something of that nature, uh, take Pittsburgh to overtime or even even the, the Oilers uh, to overtime as well. I think it's going to be a good homestand. But like you said, once uh, uh, Tom Wilson gets back, because right now as it stands. He should be getting back around uh, for Montreal, the second go-round for Montreal. Right yeah. now, uh, for the 20-game uh, suspension that he still has, uh, he should be coming back November 19th. So the good thing about that is, with his physical type of play, he should be in shape, and also he should be uh, raring to go because now he only plays a 62-game season, depending on if he has any other sp- suspensions. But, you know, I, I, th- I think it's going to bring a huge different presence because at the same time, that might boost your third and fourth lines because you won't have to have that guy like a Brett Connolly or whoever it may be try yeah. to come up to that first line where now you can have Tom Wilson go back to his first line spot and move one of those guys back down to the third line or fourth line so they can actually boost a little bit more scoring uh, down those last two Well, lines. you're exactly right. It's now you know, the, the Tom Wilson effect will be not only on the physical side, but now your lines are going to be set up a little more where you're going to have exactly. a lot more depth 
Is that is and that basically they're almost the same lines as they had last year against the for the cup. I mean, obviously you lost Jay Beagle, who was a big uh, a big contributor on the faceoff dot and also on your uh, third and fourth lines respectively. But hey, if Tom Wilson comes back, like you said, it evens the lines back up to where you had them last season when you won the cup. So. Really, I think it's going to bring a, a different dynamic to their offense and their their physicality on the defense. For sure. So there's no, nothing really to be worried about for the Caps. Um, it's not like they're losing game after game. It's just one of those deals where they haven't really yep. been able to put together a nice streak. Yeah. That's what we, we haven't really seen them. Been but like able you to... said, the, the, the stability now might help them a lot in the scheduling. Exactly. So, you know, we'll, we'll keep an eye on them, as, especially with this homestand coming up. I think the month of November is going to be uh, really key. So week to week, we'll kind of be spotlighting the games that, that, that happened during that week, and we'll yep. kind of get into that. So we're going to have a lot of hockey to talk about um, you sure. know, coming up here soon. So from one team that – is uh, the defending champs and a team not to be worried about. Now <laughs> we go into the team that, that sucks. It's <laughs> absolute. You can see almost the piles of garbage that are on fire uh, in Washington uh, because the Wizards are off to a one in four start. And uh, this is the, the, the cliche always continues to go is, you know, oh, it's early. It's early. They'll have time. They'll be able to figure it out. And it's only five games and things like that. But, Mike, as you and I know, you know, in the NBA, in a stacked Eastern Conference, mm -hmm. you have to get off to a good start because there is a lot more talent in the East than there was in the past. Mm -hmm. And the Wizards just look awful. I mean, it's embarrassing, dude. You have to win the games against the bad, te the bad teams. And that's just not what they're doing. We knew this road trip was going to be tough. You started off at Portland in a game that I had chalked up as a loss. Um, yeah, that was and crazy. And they pulled out me, an yeah. overtime win, and they looked fantastic. And then you play Golden State, and you go, you know what? It's the Golden State it's Warriors. Okay. We'll give them a pass. You know, <laughs> give them that. But to lose in Sacramento Ugh. is absolutely inexcusable. Mm -hmm. And for, for this team... And then you got the Clippers tonight, and then you've got Memphis on Tuesday, which should be an automatic win as well. I mean, if they don't win, I mean, you, you could see them at this point, Mike, you could see them losing any of these games. <laughs> and, and these are all games where, you know, a couple weeks ago, uh, if you had told me a couple weeks ago, the, the, the Wizards at f almost full strength, but still no Dwight Howard, which is, again, your big prize possession. You bring him over. Uh, you make the big deal. You go, we got Dwight Howard. We don't have Dwight Howard because Dwight Howard has not suited up for the Washington Wizards yet. So why would I be excited about that? Got that butt injury. He's got the buttocks. <laughs> He's got the buttocks injury. So this has been a pitiful start to the season for uh, the Wizards. Absolutely pitiful. Otto Porter is not even in your top four scorers on the team, and he's your starting small forward. Yep. Uh, Wall and Beal are having to carry all the load, which we know in years past has led to them being absolutely exhausted by the time the season is finishing up and then limping into the playoffs with after having to kind of carry the team. You have Austin Rivers is not really producing. You've got uh, Jan Mahimi is your starting center. He, you, Scott Brooks is letting him start and then playing him five minutes. And then <laughs> What's the him? point of starting What, what him? is the point of having Jan Mahimi if you're only playing him five minutes so he can't do anything? It's it's just unbelievable, Mike, what this team is, is doing. And, you know, there's some comments made um, by, I, I think, Wall and Beal earlier where guys, you know, guys are going to have to figure out their role here on this team, and they're going to have to kind of figure out the priorities. And, you know, one thing that kind of pisses me off, Mike, and, you know, I, 
I follow, and I know I'm kind of ranting here, but I, I follow Otto Porter on Keep social media. I, I know follow I do. Otto Porter <laughs> on Instagram. And, um, you know, I, I follow most of the Wizards on Instagram, and they do a lot of fun. You know, I follow them because they do some fun things in the off season, and you can kind of follow their lives and maybe feel like, hey, you know, these are real guys. And I understand that the, the season is a grind, and these guys, are they need their time off and, and so on. But when I go... And I look at the record of this team, and I see one win and four losses. And then I go to Otto Porter's Instagram, and he and his hot girlfriend are going to Disneyland in California, and they're going to this and that, and they're going to this and that. And then I look at Otto Porter, and I see 10 points a game and five rebounds a game, <laughs> and I see a giant contract, and I see a starting small forward, and I see a one and four record. It pisses me off. Yeah. And, and, you know, I know these guys are real. You know, I know they're going to go do fun stuff. I, I, I know they're real people. But, you know, and I know Otto Porter's not Kobe Bryant, but do you think in the age of social media we would have seen, which wasn't really when Kobe was playing, but if Instagram was around, blah, 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 would we see Kobe Bryant going to Disneyland with his, well, it probably wouldn't be his wife. It would be the girl he's probably cheating on his wife. But, uh, <laughs> but would, you, would, would Kobe Bryant look like, oh, I'm going doing this and that, and my team is one for No. Or any of these guys. And uh, I'm not even a Kobe something. guy. But, you know, uh, you, you want the these guys to care. And they clearly don't care. Besides Beal and besides Wall. And, and throw Kelly Oubre in the mix. I mean, the guy's putting up some nice numbers here. Um, but I want my starting small forward to care and to feel that one and four is inexcusable for a team that should be a top four team in the East. And Otto Porter, you watch him play. He doesn't look like he's interested. You watch him outside on social media. He does not look like he's interested. This guy is needs to be sent out of D.C. you got to trade him, Mike. And I, it's, it's a one-and-four start. Who knows? Maybe Otto Porter is going to be next. You know, uh, He's going to hit a, a ton of threes and suddenly turn his season around. But for run, what I've seen through the first five games and what I saw last year, Otto Porter is not what the, what the uh, I almost said the Capitals, is not <laughs> what the Wizards need at their small forward position. Yeah, Mike. and that's the thing is when you're looking at his stats, like you mentioned, I mean, 10 points, four re- or five rebounds, and literally less than an assist a game. I mean, there's there's ways to get around that with your defense and whatever, but for the money they're paying him, that's just it's it's it, like you said, it's unacceptable. Like you you can't. I mean, like you like you mentioned, like it's nice that they go have a life and all that kind of stuff, but you know you have these guys out there that have that killer mentality uh, that go out to the gym and they they're working on their craft, they're doing this, they're doing that, they're not just going out and having having a fun time stuff like that because when you start seeing that on social media and everything like that, that just goes to show, okay, I'm here for the paycheck. Like, I'm, I'm, just, here to exactly. sh- I'm just here to show up. And you would think for a guy that went to Georgetown who played in Capital One Arena his entire career at Georgetown, he would be, hey, I'm ecstatic. I want to win for the Wizards, you know. People love me here because I went to Georgetown, all this kind of stuff. You know, people wanted him so bad from Georgetown when they, the draft came up for him and all that stuff. And you look at it now, they paid for him. And they got him. He had one good season. Yeah. He has had one good season for the Wizards, and that was two years ago, where he was like leading the league in three pointers, and you know he was he he absolutely broke out in the playoffs, and the, and was putting he was the only guy that was performing in the playoffs. Yeah. He had one good season two years ago, and he's been riding that for the last two years, and I'm just tired of it, Mike. I mean, Sacramento, Otto Porter scores five points against Sacramento. Yeah. Uh, Miami, Otto Porter scores nine points against Miami. His biggest day was against the Trailblazers, which I'll hand him that. 
But guess what he shot from the field? Six for 16 from the field. So, yeah, okay, you put up 16 points, but your shooting percentage was terrible. You were 0 for 4 from beyond the arc. Congratulations, you hit four free throws. Mike, I could hit four free throws with one arm tied behind my back. (laughs) He's in the NBA. He's a starting small forward. He's putting up five points against the Sacramento Kings, the one of the worst teams ever in basketball. <laughs> and and it's just it's just so pathetic. And he hits one three against them. He doesn't even get to the line against them. He puts up three rebounds, two assists. They might as well stick you or I out at the small forward position for the Washington Wizards, and we would try harder and probably pick up more stats than Otto Porter because you know you and I are shooting the ball when we get it an opportunity. Otto Porter apparently doesn't do that. Yeah. Uh, so if the Washington Wizards want to be successful, they cannot just ride Bradley Beal's 24 points a game and John Wall's 21 points a game. They're going to need some help from the supporting cast, and they're not getting it whatsoever from their quote-unquote starting small forward Otto Porter. This guy's got to be out of a job. With Kelly Oubre waiting in the wings, averaging 15 a game, and actually he's aggressive and he's yep. going to be, a, he'll make mistakes. And I'm not always the biggest fan of him, but at least he tries. Yeah, at least he goes out there and busts his ass and exactly. do something. And that's the thing. I mean, look at Jeff Green's stats. He Jeff, tries, Jeff, yeah. Jeff Green doesn't even start. Jeff, he, Jeff Green is a walking corpse of, <laughs> of, of what he was supposed to be. He had so much potential, and he's putting up more numbers than, than, yep. than Otto. He's actually Porter. averaging more points. He has uh, a near the same amount of rebounds, only a point forward difference, and he has more assists a game than Otto Porter. And Otto Porter is probably making a boatload of cash more than him. And that's that's the thing is that they have to find this team out there that's going to absorb the contract uh, or have to re- do something with it. Because again, you cannot go out there. And I don't think Ernie Grunfeld, if they miss the playoffs, I mean, j- just God forbid they miss the playoffs. Clearhouse, you have to clear house. Yeah, you can. You can't. You just can't do it because. If you have these guys under contract, what are you going to do in the offseason? I mean, Kelly Oubre is going to be due money here soon. And then, you know, Yamahimi, hopefully they get rid of his ass. I mean, <laughs> you signed uh, freaking um, Troy Brown. He doesn't play at all. He played one game so yeah. far. Scott Brooks just doesn't play rookies, I guess. Yeah, and then, I mean, I mean you, 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 is getting more. I mean, he only averages, actually, technically, uh, with Troy Brown's one game and his one stat, he actually is averaging more than Yamahimi a game. <laughs> He's played one game. And that's the thing about it is you just I just don't get it. Like, you have some of these good players like uh, Marquise Morris, 15 points. Uh, you know, he's he has six boards and two assists a game. That's not bad for for what you're paying him and stuff like yeah, that. That's what he's going to give you. And, yeah, and, I mean, you have these guys that are giving you some good averages, but I mean, you have to step it up if you're if you're Otto Porter. You got to step it up if if, if you're uh, Coach Scott Brooks because I mean, I think and I tweeted it out uh, on our DC Crossover uh, podcast um, uh, Twitter page, the DC Crossover on Twitter. I, I tweeted this out that right now the Wizards are getting out-rebounded in their first five games by 83 rebounds. 83 total. It's historically bad. I mean, that's embarrassing. I mean, 83 rebounds. I said that's an average of 16-plus rebounds per game. And I was like, if we had Dwight, it'd be a little bit different. I mean, obviously, he'd be grabbing, like, 12 rebounds a game or something of that nature because he's a really good guy under the boards. But... I mean, he's not out there because he has a butt injury. And I'm like, I'm like, I just don't, I just don't get it. Like, he's not making road trips. Everyone said he was going to be fine. Well, honestly, through five games, you're one and four, and you beat a trail uh, a Trailblazers team, which you shouldn't have beat. And all of a sudden, now it's like, oh, uh, you know, Dwight's still out or something. Like that. Tell his ass to get in there. I mean, what was the it, point? It, what was the point of getting Dwight Howard if he's not going to play basketball for you? What's yeah. the point? And I mean, right now, look at the standings, dude. We're one and four. I mean, the Cavs just fired their coach, Teron yeah. Lue, which I had no idea how he got a job in the first place. 
but he they just fired him and there's only six games into the season yeah and it's like we're, we're yeah. one and four and we have all-stars the Cavs have what maybe one player on the team that people can remember the name of and this November this November Mike the, the, the Wizards have a schedule that is friendly they will be playing teams like the Knicks, and they'll be playing Dallas, and they'll play playing Orlando, and they'll be playing Cleveland and Brooklyn. They, If they don't perform in November, yep. Scott Brooks has to be out. And I don't, I'm not a giant fan of the use the coach as the scapegoat, but you know what? You got to sometimes do it, and that's yep. that might have to be the move, and they're going to have to figure it out from there. But yeah, if, if this November goes as bad as October has has been for them and the start of the season has been for them, then this Wizards team is, next thing you know, they're going to be stuck looking in at the playoff picture and still not be anywhere close to the type of team that they needed to be this year. So, you know, we'll see what they do tonight. They got the Clippers, and then they're in Memphis. The Clippers is a winnable game. They're not who they used to be. Yep. Memphis is not very good either. They're rebuilding. Uh, they're at the tail end of the, the Conley and Gasol era and things like that. Well, so, think about it, dude. Like, I'm looking at the stats right now, and really, they are 27th out of 30 teams in the league. 27th. They're tied with the Utah Jazz. That's why they're 27th. They should, technically, are 28th. But they have eight offensive rebounds a game. Eight. And, and that's why Send out Otto Porter and just go get guys that will rebound for you. I, yeah. I, I'd be happy with that. Well, that's the thing. What, <laughs> what my, my advice is, is I don't care what this season ends up being because you're not going to beat the Warriors no matter what. It doesn't really matter. Even with LeBron in the West, you're not going to really get it too yeah. far. Wizards aren't winning an NBA championship. Yeah. This year. That, that, just looking at it, it li- like you mentioned, clean house. Start fresh. Look at the Giants in the NFL right now. Okay. Obviously, they're being idiots by starting, you know, Eli Manning for who, God knows what reason. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, they got Saquon Barkley. They got uh, Landon Collins on the defense. They got Odell Beckham. They re-signed them. They, they got these guys that are staple points. And, you know what, they're rebuilding. The, I mean, I don't know if their coach is going to keep the job or whatever. That's another story. But you're looking at it. It's like rebuild. Number one, get rid of Ernie Grunfeld. Go find somebody that's, I mean, that's not going to be there for 25 years. He's not like Joe Paterno at, at Penn State. I don't understand how this guy has, still has a job. I mean, literally, for someone who literally hasn't got out of, like, what, the second round in the past 15 years, something like that, like, I mean, or maybe even more than that. I don't even know. Like, for not getting out of the second round, this guy has the the biggest job security in the world. I mean, I just, I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense when you look around the league and you see all these other NBA GMs on hot seats and you see Stan Van Gundy being fired in Detroit and you see, like, all the Tyron Lue getting fired after five games. I mean, that's just not how business works, Mike. It's not how business works. You, You don't get to keep your job this long if you're underperforming. And Ernie Grunfeld, for some reason, has must have something over ownership. Yeah. Maybe he caught Black, uh, blackmailing him. Yeah, he must have seen uh, <laughs> Ted Leonsis do some bad things or something. Behind closed doors. I don't know how he's uh, how he's been able to keep his job this long yeah. because it's this is uh, another. I mean, you look at last year where they finished as an eight seed when they should have been a third seed yeah. or a fourth seed. That when uh, the year before they had played so well and had such a great season, they had now, to win the, the the finale to what was it? Yeah. The finale to yeah. get to what? Yeah, it was just to like, like to get to the fifth seed or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, <laughs> it was it was all kind of knotted up. But that was even in Eastern Eastern Conference that um, you know was was still kind of on the way up. And and now you've got now now the window passed. I mean, yeah, okay, the LeBron years, it was going to be tough to try to win the East, but you at least had a shot at times. They used to be a bad matchup for Cleveland. 
uh, at one time or another, a couple years yeah. ago. That's, yeah. Those days are gone. I don't know who they are a bad matchup for because as long as, you know, if you can get Bradley Beal and John Wall to, you know, uh, to have one of them to have a bad game, you're going to win a game against the Wizards because yeah. nobody else can score on yep. this team. And it, well, you see it when Bradley Beal, well, actually, I think it was the last game that they had against the Kings. I think John Wall went out there and shot like six for 22 or something like that. <laughs> like, it's, it's like you, you see a game like that and you're like, well, they're going to lose that one. I mean, it's just, especially with the defensive stats where they can't hold any I mean, literally, you see their defensive stats. Every single team has gone over 100 so far easily. And you look at the Kings. The Kings suck. The Kings they, are garbage. I mean, it makes no sense to me because the Kings suck, and all of a sudden you see them go out there and score 115 easily. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. The Kings, obviously, they've scored 117 through six games on average, but at the same time, they're not a good basketball no. team. They got, they got a lot of young guys like Buddy Heald and DeAnthony De- De- Fox. and all, I think that's his first name, right? DeAnthony? It's like DeAndre or DeAnthony something. Yeah, it's something. They're a young team. It's De'Aaron. I don't know what De- it is. It's De'Aaron. Whatever it is. The guy from Kentucky. So, yeah. you know, it really, I just I just look at it and I'm just like, I just don't get it. But honestly, Ben, when I look at it, Ted Leonsis, this is one thing I don't understand. Like, great owner and all that stuff, you know, what, whatever. But what I don't understand is if you remember back to the Caps when they were winning President's Trophies left and right with Bruce Boudreaux, they got rid of him. And it was like a Marty Schottenheimer type of thing. Like, you get rid of a coach that's that's good. You know, you get rid of a coach that, that knows what he's doing, that's winning games. But obviously their defense sucked back then because they had Mike Green and company, who you know of now with your wings. But really, I just don't understand how you get rid of a guy like that. But you can't get rid of a guy that doesn't win. <laughs> like, it's just like there's no – the, the parallel isn't there. I yeah, mean, it's like – It doesn't make any it, sense. There's, there has to be some underlying factor that he's – like you said, he's winning uh, the battle with, with Ted Leone for some some reason. Maybe he has some money issue. Or, I, don't, I don't get it. I just don't get how you can hold your job uh, you know, losing this much because, hey, if your team is un- getting underperformed every single year, I mean, you have two all-stars and Bradley Beal, probably the best backcourt in the whole entire league besides maybe Thompson and Curry out in, out in the West. But, I mean, you saw KD. Did you, did you see that replay where KD ended up going and, and, and making a bucket and ended up looking at the, looking at the Wizards and said, these guys are weak? Yeah. I mean, people were thinking that hopefully KD could maybe after after the Warriors and winning the championship, he'd come to D.C. Yeah, he ain't coming to D.C. Why would he ever he's gonna, do He's going to look at that team and say, these guys are scrubs. I mean, they have Jan Mahimi starting. Like, they're, they're trying to get – they haven't had a good center. Uh, I mean, geez, they haven't had a good center. I mean, even before <laughs> Brendan Haywood and Natan Thomas. They they suck too. I, just, I mean, I just don't get it. Like, go find somebody. Do free agent moves. Try, try to do a trade or something like that. Do something. you got to make a splash here. Show something that you care. That's yeah. that's the big thing because you 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 look around the league and some of these other teams and um, you'll see teams make moves because they care and they want to try and win a championship and yep. they want to compete and the Wizards have just seemed apathetic and yeah you look at okay in the offseason you get Austin Rivers great the guy's not really playing that great he, off the bench he gets a couple assists he scores you know seven or eight points okay you know that's just not. You know, that's not the spark off the bench that, that you're really looking for. Jeff Green was a great move. That's actually panned out. Um, but besides that, you really didn't, haven't seen. But none of these were giant uh, franchise-altering moves uh, that, that are going to improve this team by a lot. They get grabbed a couple bench guys. They made the bench a little bit deeper. But it doesn't matter because uh, the other guys aren't performing. So, you know, uh, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens here. Just the same thing with the Caps, Mike, where November is going to be a big month. Uh, anytime in these seasons when you have kind of month two of the regular season, that really tells you a lot about your team. And uh, the Wizards have to stay afloat here. They cannot put up a bad November, and the next thing you know, they're just in the toilet. Um, otherwise, yeah, I think there's got to be some – heads have have to, have to roll here at some point. 
They yeah. have to. I just, I just don't get it, man. I yeah. mean, I mean, right, as of, as of now, and we had some high hopes for this team to, you know, with with the, the Cavless uh, or I said the LeBronless Cavs, uh, you know, that was going to be one team that goes off the board. People were saying this team could be a three to to six seed and uh, and make a big splash in the playoffs. But as of right now, this team's got nothing. I mean, this team just doesn't have. I mean, they they just don't have the secondary uh, parts. I mean, like, like we said, Jeff Green can only do so much. Um, and, and Markeith Morris, you know, he's doing he's not not doing bad, but it's like Kelly Oubre. Why don't you start him over Yamahimi? Give him those extra five minutes; it might make a difference. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he should start over Otto Porter. Maybe give the bench some more depth with letting Porter come off the bench or something. I don't know. They'll have to figure this out. But rebounding has been just absolutely terrible. So, yeah, we'll keep an eye on the Wizards as the season progresses. But right now, it has not been pretty whatsoever. So. Um, We'll cover some more of that uh, in the weeks to come. But that yeah, that is about it for the the basketball and the hockey segment here of uh, the DC crossover. We'll step aside and come back with some more content. Again, you can find us on all uh, of the platforms, the podcast platforms on Apple and Google Play. And and do us a favor also, go ahead and rate and review us as well. Uh, as we always say here, you don't even have to listen to the show. Just give us a nice <laughs> rating, um, and maybe we'll send you uh, a taco or something. A gift like basket. That. Yeah, a, a nice with, gift with, basket. With, with lotions. With the, the, the pizza crusts uh, <laughs> after we, we finish eating them there and take our baths in the garlic sauce from... Uh, <laughs> from Papa John. That's going to do it here, Pine Ponies, for the DC Crossover Episode 7. Uh, it's been a great episode. Uh, so Ronan Simpson right here on the mics. Again, follow us on all the social media outlets at the DC Crossover on Twitter, DC Crossover Podcast on Facebook. Uh, go check out our website with all of our articles, dccrossover.com. And, of course, our podcast right here on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Google Play Music. Thank you, Pine Ponies. We'll be back next week. Hopefully another Redskins win in the books against the Falcons. Five and two. Hail the Redskins. Let's go, baby. Gold dust in my hair. A brilliant light pours over me. With trust.